the older I get and the more tired I get, they, uh, my eyes mm. go pretty blurry. Um, that's why I read with like the font on my Kindle. I, it's the <laughs> second biggest one. The biggest one is only about 10 letters per page. I don't even understand that oh. one. The second biggest one is for about 80 year olds like me. And so that's when the kids die every time. And they're like, look at your Kindle. <laughs> it's part of your octogenarian that's aesthetic. Right. Yes, it is. That's right. <laughs> yep. Uh, yes. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to our 100th episode. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay, and today we are talking about legacy. Eric Erickson, a developmental psychoanalyst and psychologist, once said, quote, I am what survives me, end quote. If we think about our lives today, what are the things that are on track to survive us? How would we like to be remembered What will our legacy be? Many of us ponder these things from time to time, but the truth is our stories and legacies are being written right now, and we are called to approach this work with enthusiasm, focus, and intention. But first, this podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. How about you? Do you want more from The Modern Lady? Become a Patreon supporter, and for just $5 a month, you will have exclusive access to our sister podcast, The Friday Finishing School. Find us by going to patreon.com forward slash the modern lady podcast. Another way that you can support this show is by subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. We are so thankful for every rating, review, and comment you leave us. Your reviews on iTunes help new listeners discover us. This week, our shout out goes to all of you, our listeners. We want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for tuning in each week and supporting us throughout our first 100 episodes. We could never have imagined the friendships, camaraderie, and community that we have here in you, the listeners of the Modern Lady Podcast. We could not have made it this far without your love, your comments, your suggestions and messages, and we want to take the time right now to acknowledge just how amazing you are and how endeared you are to us. We are so proud of what the modern lady has done and become, and we are thrilled that we get to experience it all with each and every one of you. If you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. This week, our etiquette tip is in response to a question we received from listener and Patreon supporter, Sylvia. Thank you, Sylvia, for this great question. This is something that I've wondered about for a very long time. So, regifting, tacky or practical? What do the etiquette experts say about regifting? I truly wonder if there's anyone out there who hasn't, at some point in their life, regifted something that was given to them. And most people have probably struggled with feelings of guilt over this. But should we even feel guilty at all? With minimalism continuing to trend, and with more people wanting to clear their homes of items that aren't being used, my guess is that regifting is on the rise. Turns out my guess is correct. Etiquette experts Jody R.R. Smith and Lisa Ghosh were interviewed by Good Housekeeping magazine, and they both pointed to the rising trends of people buying secondhand and sustainable goods. This desire to be more conscious about what we are buying and how it impacts the environment makes regifting not only nothing you should feel guilty about, but actually totally acceptable from an etiquette point of view. Here are some guidelines. Now this might seem obvious, but do not regift an item to someone else who is in the same circle as the person who originally gave it to you. Think about how your social circles might overlap. The next thing you should do is inspect the item carefully and make sure that it's perfect. Ideally, it's in its original box still and with original tags. Make sure the gifted item doesn't have a personal note that was tucked into it or it wasn't engraved. They did say that engraved and personalized items are really popular gifts right now. Regifting isn't a way to just get rid of something that you don't want. Be thoughtful when deciding who the perfect recipient might be. Good housekeeping recommends asking yourself, who would be excited to own this when considering who you can regift an item to? 
I like how the article worded this next tip, elevate the presentation. So they mean to rewrap it up, putting in some effort to make it look nice and personal for the person that you are going to re-gift it to. And the last etiquette tip is about receiving something that you think might be a re-gift. Accept it graciously and be thankful for it. Assume that the giver had the best intentions, and you can even go one step further and just assume the possibility that the gifter didn't actually re-gift something. Just, you could tell yourself that perhaps they loved it so much that they went out and bought the exact same thing. Wow, this is such a tricky etiquette tip. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I almost don't even want to comment on it because it <laughs> makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> but you don't have I've... to be. <laughs> I know, exactly, exactly. So I think this is such an interesting concept, though, because yeah. of what you said, like with minimalism and everything on the rise yeah. um, and people wanting to have less physical material things, you even see that trend with like uh, gifting experiences. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, which may cut down on the need or the ability to re-gift things. But I, I do like this shift in mindset because it's true. Like if you do take on the perspective, as the article says, of just sitting and thinking, uh, you know, someone else would find a lot of joy in this and I'm not using it the way it's meant to be, then I think you're right. Like you can let go of the guilt that way. Ancient Greek statesman and general Pericles once said, quote, what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others, end quote. Most of us want to leave a legacy, some mark or impression on our communities, our world, and most certainly our families. But building a legacy for the future begins today, and it's the hard work and the heart work of right now that is bound to leave a mark. Right, Lindsay? Heart work. That was good, Michelle. Hard work and heart work. Loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today is our 100th episode, as you said in the opening. And, you know, we have put out a few extra episodes, like some her stories and a bonus episode or two. But um, this is technically our 100th episode of the actual podcast. And it's giving us Mm -hmm. all the feels, right? Like there's so much to reflect back on. And when I was reflecting, um, and you and I have talked about this a lot, I really went back to my initial reason for wanting to do this podcast with you, for wanting to, you know, (laughs) record for posterity's sake, (laughs) our thoughts (laughs) on things. And you know this, but my yes was because I wanted to leave my voice behind for my children and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren. Um, Mm -hmm. You all know that I think I have great things to say, um, (laughs) that I'm working on my pride. (laughs) And combine that with my obsession with my own ancestors and their life stories. And then I just think, even if it's just one of my descendants who thinks, you know, I'd like to know what grandma sounded like or talked about, you know, felt about Mm -hmm. these things. I thought, even if it's just one, like, I just think it's such a gift to be able to hear that. And we've had a lot of loss in our life and our families, particularly in Jason's family. And I just know what he wouldn't give and what our children wouldn't give to hear their voices. So that was, you know, one of the initial reasons why I agreed to do this, that this was a, um, a deliberate um, attempt to start to create a legacy for my own life. Hmm. Yeah. When we talked about that at the very start, I remember being really uh, enamored with mm-hmm. that idea of mm-hmm. leaving something, of speaking to my descendants. Yes. <laughs> right. And um, for me, well, where we are now in history, I likened it to being able to put on like a record like if someone in my generation had put on had had it pressed mm-hmm. <laughs> into vinyl mm-hmm. their words of wisdom or their thoughts or how they saw the world um what how much i would love to be able to put that on and just listen to someone of my own flesh and blood my own heritage yes. and what they thought about the world and so yeah i love this idea of legacy building a legacy and the, the podcast is one small arm of how we are forming our own legacies but then uh, there are so many different ways to contribute i guess to future generations yeah So while on the surface, we record this podcast for you, right? Our listeners, 
the truth is we didn't know if anybody would care. And so when we spoke at first, (laughs) we were speaking to our own daughters and to the dream of our future granddaughters one day. And we're just so happy that you guys did listen and that you are part of this. Like you said in your thank you to all of our listeners, like this, there is a community that's been formed now and we read Mm -hmm. every single comment and message you guys send us. And so, yeah, it's, it has become so much more than we could have ever imagined. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it is our legacy. It started out like that, but it has taken on a life of its own and it's just been amazing. So we're having all of those feelings right now as we talk about right. legacy. So Michelle, what is legacy? Well, it's described as just something that's transmitted by or received from an ancestor or a predecessor mm. or from the past, right? And so, you know, we can see a lot of examples of this being both positive and negative, right? Um, you can have legacy in the context of what we were just talking about, of mm-hmm. the wisdom and the good memories and the thoughts of past ancestors, or even something like a a war, for example, leaves a legacy, but it's of a very, very different kind. I think the really interesting thing about legacy and the definition of it, as we read here, is that it can go two ways. And each one of us is kind of like the rudder of this ship and we steer it one way or another. It's a very active thing on our parts. Yes. Yeah, that's really true. I like that imagery of the rudder. I think that we tend to focus far too much on what we're leaving our kids in a material sense, you know, like what heirlooms, Mm. how much money we can leave them in our will, and not enough on what we are passing down to the next generation in terms of character, faith, integrity, grit, compassion. And I dare say that the life we have lived will have a far greater impact on our kids and on our grandkids than how much money we leave them. Yeah, I love that it goes beyond that physical, intangible legacy, even though like the heirlooms and stuff, they can have a very special quality too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, being able to, uh, I saw this word contribute, so I'll probably use it a few times in this mm-hmm. episode, because I love this idea of making a contribution to future generations and that that contribution can go beyond money. But um, even thinking about what is what I've done, how can that contribute to things like the future faith of our children and grandchildren or yeah. to their idea of what family is, what family means, or what it can contribute to their perspective on life? Um, I think that makes the idea of legacy just kind of explode in terms of importance. Yes. And so, I mean, we're facing death again here. (laughs) This might be a theme for us if you guys have recently listened to our Memento Mori episode, but it is Lent and we're Catholics and it's Holy Week. So a lot of death. Um, (laughs) But here's the hope of Holy Week. Death is not the end. So, um, you know, it's just very temporal for us right now in the sense that that's what we're reflecting on in our own lives. But in this episode as well, that the message is death is not the end. And that's what you're talking about. Making an intentional act of contributing to future generations keeps you Mm -hmm. alive, right, in some way. So there's a lot of talk within the church about something called generational spirits. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, some of the basis for that idea, the idea that the sins of the father are inherited by the son, and sorry for not using inclusive language there, but it's based on a quote from Exodus (laughs) in which God says that he will punish the third and fourth generations for serious sin, like worshiping of false idols. Here's the thing, though, too much of that talk and you have people who start completely shirking off their own responsibility for their own life choices. Ooh, I'm like this because of how my mother acted or I drink too much because my father did. Now, this is not to say that we don't inherit some inclinations and that there are legitimate mental health concerns that run, you know, through families. But nature, nurture, like this is a long, long standing discussion. You know this. I know this. But even after that was written in Exodus, Immediately after, people pretty much started blaming their ancestors for their issues. And we know that because the prophet Ezekiel wrote not too long after, quote, the word of the Lord came to me again. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine, the soul of the father, as well as the souls of the son, that soul that sins shall die. And, you know, that's pretty clear. Um, We all know that we carry within us the scars of our ancestors. We all struggle under the weight of some of the mistakes made by our family members before us. And some of us have quite a battle raging in order to break down those legacies. So 
look back over your family tree, um, but also don't just focus on those who made the poor decisions. It's there. It's in every family. There are some family members that made very dangerous decisions. You know, there's a lot of wounds. But this time, when you look back over it as well, see the people who tried hard to change those stories, to change the narrative of your family, who tried to change that rudder direction and tried to detach from those generational spirits. And this mm-hmm. is deep work. This is the legacy building. Mm-hmm. And that whole um, effort of trying to change that kind of legacy and taking a stand between the past and what's coming next, mm-hmm. that is a legacy all in, in itself, right? Yeah. Like we've talked about the image of being a, a dam of sorts, right? If you know something like that in your own past, in your own heritage, that you really wish would stop <laughs> with you, mm-hmm. that you can do that. You can stand in between that. And it, it, if we're talking about Christ, and especially during Holy Week, mm-hmm. uh, laying down your life, letting it break against your own back to stop it from moving forward again. Right. I I think what a legacy that would be, you know, to give, to contribute to your future generations. And, uh, you know, even if it's not seen by anyone else in the yes. moment except God, like that is a huge, huge part for you to play. And what a sacrifice and what an act of love. There's that image that was circulating as a meme over the last year that had like that row of matches. I'm sure you've seen it, right? And they're all on fire Mm -hmm. because they're all butted up against each other. So the flame just jumps from match to match. And then the one match is set apart. One is just pushed over a little bit and it stops. And it just shows Mm -hmm. like really powerfully that you can be the one that can stop that whole row of fire by just stepping apart, by putting yourself apart from it, like you said, and being that deciding factor. And I love what you said about maybe nobody knows. Maybe you do this in Mm -hmm. secret. All of this hard work, all of the painful stuff, you know, maybe you do it with a professional. Maybe you just do it with reading some books. Maybe you do it with a priest, but maybe you're the one who has made that decision and you're taking this on and you're doing it and no one knows, but you are single-handedly changing the direction of the future generations under your family. Wow. Like, honestly, I wouldn't care about any money or any heirlooms given to me. If somebody does that, they have that gift to give. It's it's invaluable. Mm-hmm. So we are inviting you to consider your death again and <laughs> to think about what will be said about you after you're gone. And I know we all like to imagine that we'll be laying surrounded by family, you know, very elderly Um, And that we'll have this chance to ask for forgiveness, to impart wisdom and blessings. But the truth is, there is no guarantee, right? What if we die today? Mm -hmm. Have you done enough? I know that even just hearing those words, we are startled into that reality that it could be today for us, that it could be tomorrow. And suddenly that that awakening, that startling, that shaking um, helps us all realize that none of the things that we think matter, matter right? Our homes, Mm -hmm. our cars, clothes, weight, (laughs) savings accounts, none of it matters. Who are you? What stories will be told about your character, your acts of charity, the way you spoke with people, your laugh, your arms, not whether your arms are flabby. My arms are so flabby right now. And I'm looking at spring clothing and there's bruises on them. And I'm like, wow, these arms, but those arms don't (laughs) matter. It's what I used them for, who I held in them, your hands, you know, not what they look like, but what you did with them. Think about that. Consider that now because I mean, there's enough, especially over this last year, there should be a lot of wake up calls where we have to accept that we aren't all going to be given the gift of a long life and time to have those discussions later. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And you're right. It's uncomfortable to think about. But mm-hmm. as we did say in the Memento Mori episode and the whole concept of Memento Mori mm-hmm. is to consider these things through the discomfort because that's going to inform how you live now. Right. Absolutely. And I know we love looking at life through this lens of the big picture. There was one um, article that I was reading. It was talking about viewing your legacy um, as, you know, this piece of a a tapestry. Like Mm. we're all one thread in this masterpiece tapestry. And if you take certain threads out, the tapestry is less for it. We are needed and our legacy is important. Every single color is needed. 
But going even further beyond this idea of being remembered individually, I think it's also beautiful to think about, like what you were saying, how you'll be remembered as contributing to the whole scheme of things and the whole picture. Um, it reminded me of a scene from the movie Dead Poets Society. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that movie? It's been a long time. <laughs> I, me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I, I saw a poem that was read, which prompted me to go look up the clip on YouTube. So mm -hmm. I haven't watched it recently either. But um, in this scene, Robin Williams's character um, is asking his class, what will your verse be in the great poem of life? And mm -hmm. he quotes uh, Walt Whitman mm -hmm. in his poem, O Me, O Life. Right. And the poem goes, O Life of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish. What good amid these, O oh me, O oh life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists and identity, that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. And I was like, well, that's... <laughs> A whole other level of legacy that we can consider is that like it's um, part of it might be personal and individual when it comes to our families, but even more so that we are part of such a beautiful story and we have a say in what our verse will be, what our contribution and role will be. And I just think that's so beautiful. Oh, and the dignity of every human life, right? No matter yes. what they can bring to it, um, whatever age or season of life they're in or their abilities or some of their disabilities, like the dignity of every created human life has a verse in the poem of life. And that is just something mm -hmm. that is so transformative. And so, yeah, that is beautiful. It reminds me as well, and I'm, I'm sorry to do this, but for our Patreon members, we did, um, we're doing mm -hmm. one that's coming up soon about John Dunn. And we really, I mean, the yes. last years of his life, he's talking about death and his contribution to life. And we read um, one of, it's called Meditation 17 and we break it down and it's the whole, no man is an island. And it's the same thing. Like what you're saying, mm -hmm. if you remove the one thread, I kept thinking it's like when it's like, if a clod of earth is washed yes. away from the shore, right um it's it's just it is very very emotional to sit and to contemplate these things this is not light thinking and mm -hmm. I, I know that so many of us are so weighed down with the heaviness of everyday life that we don't want to add more to it in our downtime but it is really important and it can be beautiful to contemplate these things right now and so mm -hmm. we're, we're ready to share with you some of the things that we think you can do to create a powerful legacy. So you want to do a little bit of this work. You're ready to read those things and you think, okay, I want to start today. So how can we create a powerful legacy? So I think one of the first things that we each need to consider is what our end goal is, what our purpose is. You can't create a flight plan without a destination in mind. So that would be the first mm -hmm. thing I think that people would need to consider is what is your purpose? Mm hmm. I love that because I was thinking along the lines of, you know, uh, this whole idea of God's will for your life mm -hmm. and that how we as Christians, our pursuit of legacy, I think, begins first and foremost here, like with the knowledge mm -hmm. of our identity that is sons and daughters of God, because that will inform our value and our worth. So I was thinking about this, you know, like a monetary legacy that someone wants to leave behind is actually like useless or it's directionless, I should say, unless they know what exactly they have in assets to leave behind. So I think, you know, knowing who we are in Christ, what that means, I think that's the essential first step in creating a legacy and creating that flight plan that you're talking about, because it means that we know uh, where we've come from. And then so therefore what we're passing on. So it all goes back once again to self-awareness, right? <laughs> you and I have said it before, wow. That's right? Amazing. Yes. That we never intended the overarching theme of this entire season to be self-awareness, but here we are. <laughs> it keeps yeah. coming back to that. <laughs> so yeah, like, like you're saying, how on earth are you um, 
going to be able to set goals and to work towards them if you don't know what your strengths and weaknesses are. That all feeds mm-hmm. into yeah, figuring out who you are and then what is your purpose and what is your end goal. So there again, there's that work you need to do. Now, you and I love right. that because we love a good personality test and any type right. of <laughs> resource where we can find out more about ourselves, right? So um, mm-hmm. I, I read a really good quote that this um, building of legacy, it shouldn't just be like a chore. It actually is a labor of love, right? Like this actually can mm. be fun. Um, maybe mm-hmm. once you've contemplated your death um, and you've moved past that and you're like, okay, now what? Um, yeah, this this can be a really good time to, to figure out those things about yourself and enjoy some of those tests, those personality tests. <laughs> You're right. Like if we're going back to the whole like tapestry imagery, right? And what thread are you? Like if you're meant to be, say, a a blue thread part of the river running through the picture, say, but you've decided for yourself that you prefer to be red. Well, then you're going it's not just it's just not going to quite fit the way that it's mm-hmm. supposed to. And so yeah, doing a little bit of reflection first and trying to see that purpose for yourself. Um, God's purpose for your life, being open to it. And then you can like throw yourself with abandon into the thick of that work. And actually you can see a lot of that in the lives of the saints. If you think Mm -hmm. about it, like mother Teresa comes to mind, right? Like there's a woman who knew what color thread she's supposed to be (laughs) and her legacy proves it. Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned them because I actually have the saints in my notes too. And Mm, I think that we know that one of the most basic human desires is to be remembered, right? We want to be heard and we want to be remembered. And so... You and I, we have been blessed to have children and they might look a little bit like us. You know, mine have freckles and green eyes. And um, so there I am leaving behind, you know, four human shaped pieces of me uh, that will, Mm. you know, hopefully go on to live good lives after I'm gone. But we know as Catholics that thousands and thousands of people are... um, the saints that we have in the Catholic church, most of them were celibate and they didn't go on to leave children and they have mm. left a huge mark on this world. And I think that, again, we take kind of take that for granted as Catholics that we're so inundated with the lives of the saints, especially if it's um, you're really practicing your faith and perhaps you follow saint of the day on like Facebook and you just constantly <laughs> are getting those updates that we have all of their lives to look to. There is a podcast that I've enjoyed um, called the facts podcast and facts um they actually spell Mm. out flow and kara talk about stuff um they're just two friends and honestly we have like i personally and you would too michelle we have like almost opposing ideas about everything to these two ladies Mm. um but i really love hearing what they have to say on stuff they did an episode called holy anorexia and they looked at the extreme Mm. fasting of some of the catholic saints now this isn't rooted in they have no knowledge of theology they have no uh feelings of love towards the catholic church but they were both so blown away by the life of St. Catherine of Siena as they were talking Mm. about her. And they started to talk about her like in awe. And they were like, we had no idea. And I wanted to grab them and be like, you have no idea about any of them. (laughs) These stories are so (laughs) wonderful. And I just really loved hearing it from people who are not invested at all in the Catholic Church when they actually took a few minutes to learn about the life of one of our great saints, you know. And so Mm. yeah, I'm just, I think that that is something, if you really want to look at the lives of others and you know and then if you're listening and you don't have children and you might not ever have children just know that the world has also been made up of the life-changing stories and the legacies of people who never had children Hmm. i was listening to a talk about another um, saint in our opinion venerable fulton sheen right oh, yes he's already there <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um the talk was wasting your life And I think he's talking to high school students, it it sounds to me anyways, but he's talking about basically how to live. And um, he talks about this idea of wasting your your life uh, on the one hand, um, as is obvious from the title, like, don't just spend it on arbitrary tasks and mindlessly going through it, but also in the sense of absolutely giving everything, wasting your life. And I love that the lives of the saints really illustrate that in a big way. And they're supposed to be our examples on how to do that. And so, you know, Fulton Sheen talks about, he says, um, and this is a direct quote because he says it the best. (laughs) He says, when we save certain things for ourselves, we spoil them. When we save our own flesh and use it for our pleasure, then it becomes lust. 
if we save money, then it becomes avarice. When we save knowledge we don't and don't use it to train others, it turns to pride. And that sometimes we have to waste the things in life in order to be remembered. And to me, I was like, oh my gosh, that's legacy. <laughs> that's yeah. how you do it. I guess that you spend every moment of your life just absolutely laying waste to everything that comes in you waste it on other people and for the good of other people and that is how you in an ironic way save your life and build a legacy oh yes you just pour it out and pour it out and pour Mm -hmm. it out and I think that it is important to know this that legacy does look different for everyone so it might not be a podcast like what you and I you know are blessed to Mm -hmm. have But it might be, as one person wrote on the website, cultivatewhatmatters.com, a quote, a collection of beloved ingredients splattered recipes or your ability to make people feel welcome in your home. You don't necessarily have to go out and then pursue new hobbies or learn new things so that you can create a legacy, right? You don't have to go, okay, that's it. Mm -hmm. This is, I've decided to create a legacy. I'm going to sign up for all these classes. No, what you're saying, (laughs) Michelle, is that, again, taking those gifts, not putting your light under a bushel, like taking the gifts and things that God has given you, your talents, and then, yeah, just pouring them out over and over again. And that does become the narrative of your life. It becomes who you are and what you will be known for. Look at who you are and what you love doing, what you're passionate about right now, today. And then Mm -hmm. think about building your life story around that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was on one of the websites on the suggestions on how to create legacy was to pass along your particular skills and gifts. And it made me think of how many of us can think back to like physically doing something um, or being taught by someone, an aunt or a grandmother or a mother or something like that. It was their particular skill or gift and they sat and patiently taught you or you worked alongside of them doing that particular thing. They they maybe didn't think of it in the sense of handing on a legacy, but that skill and that talent that was unique to them has become a legacy in your own mind because it's something that you shared and it's not something that they tried to force. It just naturally flowed from them. So I was listening to a talk Father Mike Schmitz was giving a long time ago and he just opened with this and it's just loosely what he was kind of saying. And I took away from that this idea that I do not want to be a passive observer of my own life. Mm. Like, think about that, right? I don't want to just sit here and watch things happen to me or around me. And that can happen. That can happen because Mm -hmm. um, we are in the trenches, like we've talked about before, and life is literally happening around you as you sit breastfeeding a baby for seven and a half years on a couch in your small living room. That was me. And uh, (sighs) I remember, Michelle, actually thinking about that, that for over a decade of my life, when we ran into friends or we would talk with people and they would ask what's new, I would share what was new in Jason's life and in my children's life. Because Mm. there was nothing new in my life. And I didn't mind that. I didn't build up resentment about that. But gosh, what a big difference it is with this podcast and with what this passion project of yours. Because when people ask me what's new, I have things to share that are new in my life. And Mm -hmm. it's just been, I I realized that one day I'm like, oh, wait, I have things to say now that aren't just about my (laughs) husband's career and his life. And that felt really great. And so that was a huge shift for me from being like, and I couldn't get off the couch and do big things at that time. But I wish Mm -hmm. I could have maybe looked at my life a little bit differently um, and realized that um, there was stuff I could have done, like what we were saying with my talents and gifts just while I was in that season. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I actually am now an active participant in making my own life and pursuing my own dreams. And it feels great. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. I can. I totally concur. Um, I remember an article Kendra Tierney wrote, and I don't remember what exactly she was talking about, but the one sentiment she wrote in uh, her blog is Catholic all year. It was about um, she made pillows or she had sewn something or she had made something. And she was talking about that dichotomy of like, of course, our life's work and our vocation is our family life and um, taking care of the family. And that is a big part of our legacy. But at the same time, sometimes it feels good to be able to point to something tangible that you've Mm. actually made (laughs) or done and say, I did that. (laughs) So it is, it is an important 
consideration that if you do have the time and the capabilities right now to explore a little bit of that side of yourself. But I was also thinking too, like when I reflect back on those on those times when you're sitting uh, feeding babies um, or you're right in the thick of the trenches and stuff like that, I look back on those times and like you, Lindsay, I look back, I remember frustration that I wanted to do something that would, mm-hmm. you know, create a legacy or make me feel purposeful or like I was doing something, like I was contributing something uh, and not feeling like I was or that I was being held back by this stage of my life. And if I could speak to myself back then, mm-hmm. um, I would want to encourage myself to view legacy through a different lens too. Because I think when I look at like my legacy as a whole, what do I want my kids to remember about me? Um, my accomplishments certainly is one aspect of it. I would also like them to remember that never was a moment wasted. And when you put it in that context, then yeah, like even sitting there nursing a baby for hours on end, that has huge merit when, you know, as you're nursing, you're praying, you think about things, you talk to people, you ponder in your heart the mysteries of Christ and our faith and the world. When you read to uh, another small child who might cuddle up to you in the moment, All of these aspects, no one part is solely your legacy. All of the pieces fit together in your entire life. That is a legacy. I love that so much. And it is that the very thing that you're talking about, the the dailiness of our ordinary lives, right? You and I are big fans of that, of of seeking Mm -hmm. out the beautiful in the mundane. Oh, there's a quote. Um, yeah, I think it's, and it's just repeated over and over again on the, on the thing. And it says motherhood is the, I think, combination of the sacred and the mundane. And it just says that Mm. like 10 times in a list. And I just Mm -hmm. absolutely love that. And so one of the things that I have always loved, and again, this is, I have a bit of a macabre side to me, but, um, I really love obituaries, cemeteries, reading people's tombstones. Mm -hmm. And you know, Michelle, when I fell down the census rabbit hole and for days on end, I almost didn't even (laughs) use the bathroom so that I could continue to read people's census records starting in 1840, every 10 years up until (laughs) 1920. (laughs) And the reason I love, so for, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, um, you know, here in Canada, in the States, in England, um, every 10 years, they would take a census. And back in the day, they'd knock on your door and they'd say, how many people live here? How old is everybody? In Canada, they would ask, what is your first language? Um, They would ask what your Mm -hmm. religion is. They would document what type of house you had, whether it was brick or wood um, and your occupation. And so it had this like glimpse at a family life. And then 10 years later, I would actually, so there were families I'd get really involved in and obsessive about. Mm -hmm. And 10 years later, I'd look them up again. And I'm like, where did Thomas go? Why, why isn't he there? And so then I would try to look up like a death certificate and I would just start to but but what I'm saying is that it's the beauty of these everyday families their quiet legacies of Mm -hmm. that all of their lives mattered and I'm just so obsessed with their stories now I again have spent countless hours reading ancient church logs, reading, Mm -hmm. saying the names, the occupations of people who were getting married. It tells you how old they were, who they lived with, what their occupations were. And then, and then a couple of years later, or nine months later, or six months later, you could see when they baptized a baby. Uh, All of these, this Mm. story of a family of legacy being played out in these church logs. Now, I have very personal feelings from an anthropological standpoint about the fact that we aren't getting married and doing the sacraments with our kids anymore, just purely from an anthropological standpoint Mm -hmm. about how we're actually losing that way to track the ordinary beauty of a regular family and how a family grows and shifts and goes through these big life changes. A lot of that was documented throughout history solely, solely through the church. There was no other way Mm -hmm. to track a regular family's movements and their legacy in that sense. So anyways, I'm obsessed with all of that. And I just realized it's because their lives mattered and it's not, Mm. they didn't do the great things, but it's like their little bit of their story mattered and matters to me, to the, you know, person who has no connection to them now. And this is just what I think is so important about the woman who's sitting on her couch, feeding her baby right now. Um, It is Mm -hmm. that untold story. You aren't, you know, 
we always say you are building a cathedral, right? In that way, but mm-hmm. you're not actually out building the cathedral. And you might be thinking, I want to actually be holding the hammer. I want right, to do right. the action. But just looking back over these family stories, it is so evident to me and anybody that takes a little bit of time to poke around in archives, just to see that these names, that these people, that their lives mattered. Mm-hmm. That is such a good point. And I love the point too um, about keeping public records and mm-hmm. even, you know, people used to keep records in their family Bibles, mm-hmm. right? And they yes. used to write those details down in their family Bibles. I'm going to, I think I'm going to try to do that too, because you're right. Like it's, we benefit from it because our generations prior to us have taken the time to register things and write things yes. down like yep. that. But in a digital age, ironically, um, when it should be kind of easier maybe to document and register for things, <laughs> we don't yeah. often do it. So uh, that's a really good point. I also love thinking about how you know, when you stop and reflect on what you would love your legacy to be, um, it really does kind of shift how you're going to live your life right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's important even for the moment that you're currently in, it gives clarity, it can give perspective, it makes it easier to know what your priorities are then, and then to live according to that. And it just, like what you said, it reinforces the fact that your life does matter. And mm-hmm. I think when we know this truth about ourselves, then we'll be able, better able to live in such a way that everything matters. There's this amazing archaeological find that has actually since disappeared because once they uncovered it, it, it just disappeared due to the weather. But um, in 2013 in Norfolk, England, there were footprints discovered on a beach. And they aren't just any old footprints. These are over 800,000 years old. Okay. There are Mm. approximately 50 footprints and they belonged to what they believe to be five individuals, some adults, some children. And some of these footprints were so perfectly preserved. You could count the toes and they were just a regular family who would have been out walking on the beach when the tide was out looking for food, right? Looking for crustaceans Mm. and clams and mussels and things to eat. They were trying to survive and it's their footprints, this proof of their existence that is this moment frozen in time. They never knew that their footprints would be looked at 800,000 years later, right? But they Mm -hmm. were there and they lived and their story is not that different than our story. And that just that imagery of leaving that mark to me in that way, um, you know, in the earliest cave paintings, just this, this history of people trying to leave their mark, um, you know, the people who did it with the footprints, it was accidental. Uh, but then as soon as people started to grasp the idea of we have a story and we want to share it, you know, they've done this. And I just really, I can see the benefit of doing it on social media. And I see, obviously you and I love progress and we love social media. Uh, and there's mm-hmm. definitely a really good part of that, that you can build a bit of a digital legacy as well for yourself. But I think the main thing there is that you have to make sure it is in alignment with who you actually are, right? Like, Are Mm -hmm. you the person in real life that your children see that you are presenting to the world on social media? Um, So just looking at this complete Mm -hmm. history, this huge overarching view of of how people have tried to share the knowledge or the the message of I was here, we were here throughout the beginning of time and what that does look like now. Um, But yeah, that I think there's a place for social media in that as well. But you and I talk a lot about the idea too of journaling, of actually putting pen to paper again. And and the truth is this podcast for you and I is we're both writers at heart and we just don't have time to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was so much quicker for us yeah. to say 4,000 <laughs> words than it was for us to write it, edit it and get it published. So um, yeah, it's just about the idea that people have always wanted to be heard and, and how can you do that and how can, yeah, use the tools available to you today to do that. Yeah, it's fascinating to think that this pursuit of creating legacy um, has existed since like the cavemen, Mm -hmm, (laughs) like you said, mm -hmm. like there's nothing new under the sun as the saying goes, right? (laughs) Um, And so actually in a way, this is kind of then leading into this idea of you can kind of consider yourself in pursuit of legacy, your own legacy, as one leg of a relay race. You know, um, a truly powerful legacy, I wonder, maybe one that can be seen as 
something that is being passed from generation to generation. Mm. Uh, first of all, it would be less pressure on us individually <laughs> to be, um, you know, as opposed to being the one to have a <laughs> legacy. Yes. Um, that it goes back to that big picture, that tapestry, that we are part of an ongoing legacy. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And I really like that because the whole concept of ongoing, it really does feed into that concept of building and the process and the journey, as opposed to a very finite thing that has a deadline that might put a little bit of undue pressure, which then may influence or impact the uh, truly heartfelt work that can go into making a difference. That is such a great point because the truth is, if we reflect back on any of the big historical figures that the people who made a difference, almost all of them died before their work was 100% complete, right? Like they didn't die going, and that's it. I've done it. Perfect. Hands wiped. I'm done. Right. No, their yeah. work was ongoing. Um, so the important thing there was that they were doing the work and that was more important than finishing the work. So like you're saying, like start it and then pass the baton on, like do what you can with what you're given in the time that you're given, but do the work because we remember the work that those people did during their lifetime. Right. And then, mm -hmm. and then you, others can pick it up and continue on with it. Now I just listened to a woman yesterday, actually sharing about her struggles with depression and anxiety. She popped up on my newsfeed yesterday because sadly she took her own life after years of the struggle. Mm. She's young and beautiful and had over 400,000 followers on YouTube and a ton on Instagram. And I mean, on the surface, she was living the dream, but she wasn't. And she shared this one thing that stuck with me. And she said that those who suffer from depression are being held back by the past their past mistakes and wounds, and that the people who suffer from anxiety are being locked in place by the future, like almost just strangled by what they think might happen. This was really eye-opening to me. We talk so mm -hmm. much about living in the moment, but it is mostly lip service for most of us. Being in the moment isn't passive. It involves living in the moment and living is action. Mm. It's, it's risky. It takes guts and virtue and courage. And if you're somebody who embodies these character traits, let us assure you that you will be remembered for generations to come. Today, right now, well, today is golden. Don't waste it because what you do today will be talked about tomorrow. So what is your legacy? I think what's so beautiful about this whole discussion on legacy is the reminder that your life and all of our lives, they matter and they matter deeply. And that it's never too late to begin creating something beautiful with your life and that it isn't over until that great tapestry weaver, God himself, brings you home. And that life is precious and it is good and it's a gift that was given to us so that we could live it well and then hand it on to those who come after us. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? There's a show on Amazon Prime called My Greatest Dishes. Have you seen this pop up? Mm, I don't think I have. No. Oh, you're going to love it. Um, each episode is short, just under 30 minutes. It's what I would watch with my morning coffee. And uh, mm. there's 20 episodes featuring 20 of Britain's best chefs. Now, each chef makes four dishes and they're recreating the dishes that they either like first learned how to cook or the one that sparked an interest in cooking for them or the dish that got them a Michelin star or that like brought them personality or uh, popularity and fame but as they're cooking they're sharing their life story right like it's really link it's kind of like desert island discs but with food mm -hmm. so it's my oh. other favorite thing so they're like leaving their life story while they're cooking and and how those meals you know fit into their life and it's beautifully shot you and I probably both are longing for chef's table on Netflix and we don't have Netflix yes. this really filled that void for me it's it's not as good but it's still really really good mm. and what I really loved is I think every single chef talked about their mother they some of them talked about their grandmothers or their grandfathers and their fathers too but I think the common thread between every single chef was their mother whether their mother was a good cook or not they talked about mm. how her 
cooking, either push them to want to learn how to cook or um, like to do a little bit better than their mom. They wanted to, you know, help her out in the kitchen (laughs) or they were so inspired by what she managed to be able to do in her humble kitchen. But Mm. just saying that right now and after we just finished talking about legacy, I just realized like, again, that mother's legacy. So she was just a humble home cook in her kitchen. And what passing that baton all of these children grew up to be professional mm-hmm. chefs with Michelin stars or hosting cooking shows or, you know, incredibly respected in their fields. So the mother's legacy is that she laid that groundwork and then her children ran with it. And I, so I didn't even make that link until we really started right. talking about legacy and realized <laughs> that that is actually what my favorite thing about that show was. So it's, again, it's called My Greatest Dishes and it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, I love that because we also talk about how our favorite parts of the cookbooks that we read, Mm -hmm. right, are those sections where they write about the history of the dish that they're making. And I mean, if there's a familial connection there, it makes it even more special to us. And it's not even our specific recipe yet. So I love that there's a whole show about it, too. Now, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So what have you been loving this week? So I have a great podcast recommendation, which I'm very excited to share, Lindsay, because I know that um, when this airs, it will be the Easter season finally, and you can listen to talks and podcasts Yay! again. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you might want to check out the podcast Business Wars. Oh. Um, it's on the Wondery Network. Yes. So this is not something that maybe we would have stumbled upon Um ourselves. I know I probably wouldn't either, but Phil Mm. actually really loves it. So I thought I'd check it out. What this podcast does is it pits popular name brands against each other and tells the story of the businesses and their Mm. inevitable rise or ruin. But to give you some examples of some of these wars that they have covered so far, they've done Netflix versus Blockbuster. Mm. They've done Marvel versus DC, uh, Facebook versus Snapchat, Starbucks versus Dunkin Donuts. Uh, this one was really interesting, but I'm only partway through is Pizza Hut versus Domino's. Mm. And then the one I listened to last week, which was awesome, was Estee Lauder versus L'Oreal. Mm. And I had no idea that their competition went back to like the late 1930s or the early 1940s. Mm. And that these two brands with their very, very humble beginnings are actually the parent companies today of so many other skincare and cosmetic lines I didn't realize. (laughs) So truly, if you're interested in culture, history, what we buy and why, and you want to hear all about it in a very well done radio drama style, then uh, Business Wars may be right up your alley. Oh, I'm so excited because as you know, I've been just listening to podcasts on Sundays and then all of the Mm -hmm. pressure is on me on a Sunday with like the one hour I might have where I can listen to a podcast to try to remember (laughs) all the ones I wanted to listen to. So I am itching for my Easter Easter morning. I'll be like, after church, bye kids, as I go and catch up on all of that. That one sounds awesome. So thank you. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at lindsayhomaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and we will see you next time.